This came to mind over the last couple of weeks, Pastor Wes, we preached on Jonah and how he responded to a witnessing opportunity. <clears throat> okay, most of us aren't going to jump on a ship and skip down if God says, hey, witness to your neighbor. But all of us can give examples when we ran from that conversation. When we knew we were supposed to say something and we didn't. When we walk away from that person, and you're like, oh, I just oh, I should have said something. You know, even just, can I pray for you? What is the words that you could use with that person? And we've all done it. I am chief amongst those. I have walked away from those opportunities. And God's convicted me of those. And when I think about it, I don't just call in the hole. I go, okay, next time. I want to be ready. I want to see it. I want to be ready to go. And so he provides those opportunities for us. Um, I talked about neighbors. Uh, just, you know, we'll talk with our next door neighbor about everything in the world. How's your grass? How's your tree? Oh, I like that plant. You know, are the neighbors coming? How's your family? We don't say anything about, hey, would you like to go to church with me? I'm not even sharing the gospel with them. I'm just asking them, would they like to go to church to an event that we're doing? July 3rd, patriotic service is a great time to do that. Just, that's for free. I won't charge you for that one. <clears throat> we can use our opportunities in lots of different ways that God gives, gives to us. When you go to a grocery store, the grocery clerk, who is having a terrible day, and it's all over their face. Do you just pass on by, or do you say, can I pray for you? My Jesus is bigger than your problem. Can I pray for you? Or about the people in service jobs. Do you look past them? Do you even notice they're there? Is there a word of encouragement? McGinty preached Sunday that we are on mission in occupied land. We're to be different. We're not to be odd. We're just to be different. And when you ask people, can I pray for you? Or, hey, I see you're having a bad day. You know, is there anything I can do for you? I recognize that you're there. Then people look at us and go, you're, you are different. They may not know the underlying reason, but probably, time, probably that checker that's at the grocery store, if you go to the same one all the time, you probably see them more than once. And so you have an opportunity possibly to build a relationship with them. Okay, so what do we do? Jonah, go. Disciples, go. Church family, go. What are we supposed to do when we go? I'm ready to go. Where, what do I do? So that's one of the things that I want to talk about. Start to living for Christ, uh, even with our problems. We all have problems. We all have issues. But to be a witness in our Jerusalem. As God, ask God to help us through those things, even whatever difficulties that we have that he would help us with that we would ask God to make our friends interested in hearing. That's relying on the Holy Spirit. We pray for those people. When I ask the question, who is one person that you need to share Jesus with? Probably there's somebody that pops in your head or a picture that pops in your mind. Pray for them. Ask God to make them receptive at some point where you have an opportunity. Ask God to bring you that opportunity. Ask God to open that door. You know, there, there are times when you're talking with somebody and you know the door's not open. Have you prayed about that door being open? Have you asked God to open that door for you? That's one opportunity that we can do. Make this part of your life. Maybe there's some friends that you pray with on a regular basis. 
ask them to, that you begin praying for that one person, that you ask that God would open that door, that they would be responsive to that. And get a partner uh, to spend a couple uh, minutes with you as you pray through that each week. So one of the things that I want to talk about, this really what the lines are for on that piece of paper, it's called one verse evangelism. So what am I supposed to do when I go? So here's what we're going to talk about. So one verse evangelism. They have given me the power. So we'll see if this works. One verse evangelism comes from one verse in the Bible. Okay, That's where it gets its name. It's a simple... Well, I'm, I'm supposed to point there. Okay, good. Uh, we're supposed to... This verse... For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6.23. Most of you know that. You could quote that if I just said, what's your favorite verse? Some of you would have that in your memory that you could quote that because it's something that means something to you. This is one verse that we can use to show uh, people about who Jesus is and and what's going on. Um, So the first is us. That's man, that's women, that's the world. That's where we are. There's God. So let's say I'm standing here and God's at the back door where the clock is. There is no way that I could jump from this spot to that spot to get to him. I'm not sure I can even get to the red line over there. (laughs) We can't get there on our own. There's only one way to do that. And the the verse tells us that. Um, So there's this separation. Where did the separation come from? Adam and Eve, the very beginning. They were taken out of the garden because of sin. Sin separated us from God. That wasn't the original plan. The original plan was for us to be together, to, to love him, to love each other, and to walk perfectly with God. But that was broken. And... When that uh, occurred, we were separated from God. And so we are so far apart, there's no way to get there. So this, you take this verse, your lines, and this is, you know, lines are there for you to take notes if you want to, but the, 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 the side is to draw these pictures. So draw a line, put your little stick figure, draw God uh, over on the other side. As you take this verse, as you walk through it, Wages. What's a wage? I'm sorry? Payment. Something you earn, right? That is, you you do a job, somebody gives you money for that. Um, You do something, somebody congratulates you on that, whatever. It's something that you have earned. It's a wage. Okay? So we talk about wages. What does a wage mean? Uh, When I use this with kids, you know, a lot of them have allowances. That's a wage. It's something that they've earned. Okay, so we talk about that. I really don't know why it's all disappearing. But we'll just keep going. Okay, sin. What is sin? Okay. Disobeying God. Okay, I was getting nervous. Um, We've all sinned. We've all messed up. We know there's things that we're supposed to do, and we don't do that. That's sin. There's a whole list of things that we know we shouldn't be doing that we do. That's sin. So sin is bad. Okay? Let's put simple languages. Sin is bad. As you're walking through this, us, separated from God, 
wages, people understand what wages are. People have a pretty good understanding of what sin is. But when you get to death, you enter the conversation yourself talking about what death is. You don't ask them what death is. You can ask them what a wage is. You can ask them what sin is and kind of help guide that conversation. But when you get to death, you need to talk about death in Scripture is being separated from God. It's not a physical death. It's being separated from God. So we want them to understand that that separation of that top picture of man and God, it's because there's spiritual death, and God is not going to be around spiritual death. So that's, that's awful news. And if we stop right there, a lot of the world understands all of that, and they think that. I've earned, I've earned death because of my sin, and I'm be separated from God if I even believe in God, and then life's over. And they just stop. But we have the good news, right? Us, God, sin, wages, death. Hope the next one comes up, right? Okay, gift. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what is a gift? If you don't earn it, something's just freely given, right? How many of you have gotten a birthday present? How many of you have ever gotten a Christmas present? Did, did you have to pay for that when that person gave it to you? You just got to unwrap it and enjoy it, right? There was no strings attached to that. Just, this is a gift. So, the difference between a wage is something I've earned, a gift is something that's freely giving. Okay? Our, we've earned the, the wages of sin. But the gift of God is that free gift. Oh, I'm pointing the wrong place. God. Okay. So if sin is bad, simple terms, sin is bad, God would be good. Okay. Who is God? That conversation could go anywhere with, those, with, any, with the person that you're talking with. You know who God is. God the creator. God the father. God the sustainer. God who loves me in, in troubled times. There's lots of conversation that you can talk about who God is. But boiling it all down for one verse evangelism is sin is bad, God is good. Showing the contrast of where we are and where God is. He gives. He's perfect. He's good. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Okay, there it is. I'm sorry, it, when I put this together, they just popped up like they were supposed to. I don't know why we're running through all of this, but that's okay. Um, eternal life. This is another part where you're in the conversation talking about what eternal life is. We talked about what spiritual death is, so we're going to talk about what spiritual eternal life is. They may say, you know, your spirit is just out there in the world somewhere, and that's eternal life. Or eternal life is you're just, you know, nothing anymore. Doesn't depends on where what their background is and what they're thinking. They may, they may be so confused they have no idea what eternal life is. So you're helping them understand what being spiritually dead and spiritually alive. So that's part of the conversation. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So the only way to get from one side to the other is through the cross of Jesus Christ. There is no way, like I said, there's no, I, I could take a running jump and maybe even a springboard and I still wouldn't get back there to that door. I can't do it. And heaven is so much farther than that. 
So I'm trying to make those uh, illustrations with them for them to understand. So I'm over here. God's over here. Jesus is in the middle. As you're walking through this and helping them understand about the side that we're on, what God has given, and what the cross accomplished. What did Jesus do on the cross? He paid for our sin. He took the wages that we earned for sin. He experienced death when he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? He understood what it meant at that moment to be separated from God. But the good news, God gives eternal life, and it's free for the asking. There's one more part of that verse. It says, our Lord. What is Lord? That's another time where they might say they rule with a castle. They are in the uh, rule line of the British government. I mean, what's a Lord? Who knows what a Lord is? A Lord simply is he's the boss. When I get ready to make a decision, I go to God to get guidance from the boss to help me understand what I'm supposed to do next. Don't always do it right. Don't always come out the way I think it should. But he's in charge. Do I acknowledge that? By saying he is Lord, that I'm acknowledging that. That he's the Lord of my life. That he's the one who can tell me what he wants me to do and where he wants me to go. So when I go to the people, where am I going? What am I doing? There are lots and lots and lots of tools out there to do evangelism with people. You probably have some in your back pocket that you are aware of as well. This is one that I've been used for a long, long time. Learned it many, many years ago. It's easy to remember because it's a verse that I had memorized. And it's easy just to walk through the verse about where we are is spiritually dead from God until through Jesus we get the good things that God offers to us. Is that exciting? <laughs> is that something that you get excited about? That, hey, I know where I was, but now I know where I am. So the question is, to whoever you're talking with, where are you? Where do you see yourself? If they've never had an experience with Jesus, might have gone to church, might have been in Sunday school, might have gone to vacation Bible school, but they've never had a personal relationship with Jesus, then they're going to have to identify on the side of a wage of sin, spiritual death. So the question is, do you want the free gift of eternal life? Do you want what God is willingly given to you? Do you want what Jesus has already paid for you to have? It's your gift. You have to take it. Because a gift is not a gift unless you receive it. I could have a bucket of you know $1,000 bills up here and say there's one for every one of y'all. But if you don't walk up here and get it, it's not yours. You have to take the gift that God has given. And that's where that lordship comes in. To say, I believe. I, I deserve death. 
for, the, for how I act, for what I think, for the places I've been, the things I've done. That's my sin. I deserve to be separated from God. But even through all of that, God says, I love you, and I want to give you eternal life. I want you to spend the rest of eternity with me. Yes, tons of bad stuff. We think in our minds of a scale where all of our bad stuff is over here, how could God possibly equal that out or even get rid of it? But God's love is so grand that this scale doesn't even matter. It's gone. It's just all God. Once we've walked through Jesus to let him be Lord of our life. So there's lots of things that you can do as you talk with with people about who Jesus is, what what they need to be doing. Um, And it, it can be a simple verse like this because it's something that you know. Sometimes we think, oh, well, I can't talk to a battle about Jesus because what if they ask me a question I don't know? I get questions asked me all the time I don't know. I have a Bible. I have a pastor. I have a mentor. I have a Sunday school leader. There is somebody I can go ask that question to. I don't have to, to be the Bible answer person. And if they do come up with something that I don't have an idea about, they say, that is a great question. Let's find out. Let's look in Scripture to see if we can find that. A lot of your Bibles will have a glossary or an index in the back that gives you words that will tell you where verses are that talk about those particular words. So you could find, you could dig into there right there with them if you have your Bible with you. You have your Bible app on your phone. You could Google what they're asking for Scriptures. Because even though Google is a secular thing, it still takes you to Scripture if you use it properly. So there are ways to find out answers. Or you tell that person, I have no idea, but I'll find out, and I'll get back to you. Don't let that question or that fear of that question derail what you're trying to accomplish with them. Don't let them feel like that question, I've got to focus in on that. When you're dealing with kids, if you've ever dealt with kids and you're talking about a subject, they will walk around the world and ask all kinds of questions. Well, what if, well, what if, well, what if? You can't let that derail where you're trying to go. We are moving it in a direction, and we're going to finish how we get there. What you're saying is important. I acknowledge that, and I want to help you find that answer. I don't know that right now. And then you, you bring the conversation back. So is everybody on, on that page with me? You can take a simple verse like this, and be able to share the gospel in your Jerusalem, in your Judea, in your Samaria, out of parts of the world, wherever that takes you. God said go. Are you ready to go? Okay. Here's the homework. Find a friend. Take just a couple of minutes, and you walk through that with them, drawing it out on the, on the back side of that paper. I'll leave the diagram up there so you can cheat a little bit. <clears throat> So take just a couple of minutes and and do that, and then we'll wrap up in just a few minutes. Don't be shy. These are people who love you, and they know who Jesus is, so it's okay. All right. So now you know, in Scripture, he said, but you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit when it comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the earth. So we know what the mission is. 
Now you have a tool to use when you go on mission, but you have to practice. And that's why I had y'all do that around the tables, to let you use those words. Now, I hope you weren't talking about your shopping list. I hope you were, hope you were actually doing that. We do what we practice. Baseball players don't just walk out on the field and start playing. They practice all the time. Basketball players, they practice together to be able to run those plays. It's not just something that just happens. A football team, hey, let's just get 11 guys and throw them out there. It'll be fine. It doesn't work that way. We're an army of the Lord as we march forward for him, but we have to know where we're going and how to do what we're doing. Sometimes we hear lots of great stories about people who have done great things for the Lord. And we wonder how in the world will we ever be able to do that? How do we do that? With our problems, with all the things that we have, we start where we are. We take a simple step to say, I can take that verse and share that with a friend. I could walk them through that. In about 30 or 45 seconds, I could do that. Rely on the Holy Spirit to lead you to that appointed moment for that conversation. And then ask God to bring those opportunities to you. Do you want somebody to talk to? Or are you walking by the river and you know that there's that waterfall and you're like, I hope they work that out. Because that's going to be a big fall. We're talking about life and death. We're in the business of saving lives. We can't do it. We can only be the messenger. God, through the Holy Spirit, has to convict that person. I once served on a staff where we were required to have people walk the aisle to profess Christ, to be baptized. Weekly, we had to have people doing that. I can't do that. I understood the motivation behind it was to make sure that we were out in the community telling people about Jesus. I got that part of it. But I had to have a certain number of people walk the aisle every week. That's not my job. That's God's job. That's the Holy Spirit convicting that person that they needed him. We can give all the arguments that we want. We can answer every question they have. But if the Holy Spirit is not moving them, it's not going anywhere. Our job is to walk up to somebody and go and let the Holy Spirit talk through us. We have to be prepared. We have to practice like you did tonight. You know that Bible verse. You know that Bible verse by heart. You could stumble across somebody and pull out a napkin and draw that for them now that you've done it once. If you practice that a few times, you could be really good at it. And now you're looking for the opportunity to use it. Where does God want me to go with that information? What does he want me to do with that? Is there somebody this week before Sunday that I could share this with? I don't know. I don't know your, I don't know your world. What are you praying for? Is it somebody that's a caregiver? Is it somebody that you see at the grocery store? Is it that neighbor across the street that you know for months you should have been saying something and you haven't done it yet? or even years. Do they know you're a believer? Do they know you're, as McGinty talked about, different? 
that we're in this world, but we're different. Are we going to be a Jonah that runs? Are we going to be somebody that's used by God to be able to move forward? As I said a minute ago, this needs to be part of your prayer life. Maybe some people that you pray with on a regular basis, that this is part of giving me the opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. Give me the person that I'm supposed to. I can't think of anybody. Who am I supposed to share that with? Let that be your first prayer if you don't know. God loves to answer prayers of people who are sincere about what they want to do for him. He's called us to be his witnesses. Can we do that? I want you to take two minutes at your table and just pray for that right now. For you to be open to share, for you to find somebody to share with, and that you will be looking for that opportunity. And then I'll wrap us up in just a minute. Father, I am so thankful for the people in this room and the people of this church who take your instruction seriously, who want to be a people on mission for you, who have shown that over the years and over time by what they do, by what they give. Father, I pray that tonight is just a, one more tool in their tool belt to be able to be effective when they're out in their Jerusalem. Father, wherever you take them, Lord, that you would give them that opportunity to share the gospel. From the youngest to the oldest in this room, Father, there's something that you have for each one of us to do. Father, I pray that we'll be responsive to that, that we would be open to take your word and just explain that one verse to somebody who may be drifting down that river and has no idea that that waterfall's coming. Father, help us be in the life-saving business. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen.